0: hello again this is digging for something and i am your host jj as usual so i may have gotten some feedback regarding one of my uh, previous episodes when apparently i was uh talking about um, the WAP video and calling out, uh, um, I guess, Kylie Jenner's role in it and um, maybe also calling into question the parenting of Kris Jenner, uh, who's also the momager. And I uh, just want to go kind of dive in that a little deeper um, first, I, I wasn't really questioning Chris Jenner as a parent, as a mother, um, by all accounts. Uh, what does she have? Five, six kids. Um, she was a good mother, raising them, um, providing for them, giving them the support they needed. Uh, so I, I really was not questioning Chris Jenner as a parent. Uh, what I was questioning is the dual role of being a mother as well as the manager. And I think my, my main point was that it's, it's tough to be both. And now that pretty much all the kids are adults, she's it, it appears that she's moving more into the manager role than the parenting role, and um, and my point was because of what it appears, uh, maybe at some point she needs to become the mother and kind of also offer the guidance as a mother and not just what is good for the Kardashian-Jenner brand. I mean, I know I do kind of trash them. and um, Anybody on a reality show, that's not a celebrity. I, I'm old school. I like my celebrities who have actually accomplished things. So, um, And the thing about it is when I say she's more focused on the brand, I, it's just a matter of the overexposure of all of them. And they are, uh, they are extremely overexposed. And once again, overexposed from not accomplishing much except being on a reality TV show and and piggybacking with additional reality TV shows. And it's just a bunch of just reality. It's just their life. It just, they're not doing anything extraordinary except trying to create a fake life. Obviously, cameras don't show everything. And also the whole fictitious billionaire status that was being pushed that Forbes came back and, and, and really called Kris Jenner out on as she was the one really trying to push uh, for them to, to grant that billionaire status. And uh, Forbes kind of came back and say, um, on second thought, I don't think uh, she is. But once again, it just kind of create that brand where doing it as a manager and not protecting as a mother we're putting the brand as, okay, let's let's make this fictitious self-made millionaire. Nobody's ever going to convince me it's not fictitious. So let's create this um, fictitious self-made uh, youngest woman, self-made billionaire, whatever title they wanted to give. You know, as the manager, putting it out there, creating it for the brand, but as a mother, leaving her open for a lot of criticism when it gets pushed back on. So... That is where I was coming from. <clears throat> and because I, I don't believe kids should be in reality TV shows. Uh, I think you look at child stars, child actors, and um, many have a tough time adjusting once they hit their teens or their o- early adulthood. And I think reality shows are even worse because with reality shows, you're, you're – you're, it's, it's basically, you're leaving yourself open for ridicule. And I don't think it's fair to kids. To, so to put kids in a reality show, uh, I don't think is right. That's, uh, I, I think you're, you're setting your kids up for a tough life, especially if the general public is not buying it. Or we, we know, uh, we know about cyberbullying and comments and uh, behind every Twitter account, and um, you know, there, there's a lot of bullies out there who, and even though I may be critical, uh, I try. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be insulting. Uh, but a lot of the trolls out there are not like that. So when you open your children up to this world, uh, and I'm not saying they're all going to succumb to the the evils of it, and have challenges, but you're, you're increasing the risk. And as a parent, you have to protect your, your children. So I, I, I really don't believe kids should be in reality shows. Um, and that's probably another part where I was being critical uh, because she allowed her two youngest to be in, in the reality show and, and create this, 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 brand that they had to kind of, you know, live with and not necessarily evolve, but have, have to grow that, that brand that's been created. And it's, it's a lot of pressure. And, um, for all the money, uh, is it always worth, I mean, when you're making millions and millions of dollars, it's a lot easier <laughs> to get that therapy, but uh, it doesn't work for all, so just for all the ones who've made it, there is a boatload who have not and, uh, and you know we have kids nowadays you know teenagers wanting love it would love to 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 be in a reality show and um, you know, years ago, my generation it was being an athlete being a being a, a musician um, something in the performing arts now it's TikTok, YouTube and reality. And these are not productive careers. These are not, these are not value adding or adding value to society. And um, this is, and we see that a lot with these these, YouTube, TikTok, the, you know, the. A lot of them are young. They probably came from rich families and kind of spoiled and they do what they want. And uh, you look at the, the, the social media, quote unquote, influencers, the parties they're having in California that are being criticized. So th- this, is, this is what our, our kids are looking at and looking up to now. Um, so I, I, I just, I don't think we should purposely put our kids into that. And yeah, everybody, everybody has the right to choose if whether they, they want to or not. Um, and I'm just against it. Now, yes, it, it probably sounds like oh, here's this man. It happens on the news all the time. A man criticizing a woman on being a mother. And the thing about it is, I'm not a mother, but I am a father, and I am a involved father. So I am speaking as a parent. And just like I don't believe Chris Jenner should have allowed uh, her youngest kids to be on the show, yet. you know, Bruce Jenner shouldn't have allowed it either. So if I were to put the blame or criticize, he he gets criticized too. Obviously, he had some uh, other things going on in his life, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, that he had to come out. So I guess his focus was elsewhere. But still, um, the father is. The fathers are, are um, in my opinion, should be criticized as well. And the reason I, criti- I singled out Kris Jenner is, back to my original point, because she is also the manager. So she's acting as both a parent and the manager, where the two just kind of don't always um, create... Async. They're not in sync. Uh, it's kind of pulling two different ways. And I think now it's because they're adults, she's more focused on being the manager. And you know, and like I said, I don't agree with the end I have two kids, and when they were very small, uh, well, now they, they don't do it anymore, but when I was younger and for many years, you would go to malls and there'd be these recruiters for... This modeling agency and people coming up to you and would you like to sign up and they have these little makeshift shows that you can put your kids in to get some kind of exposure and and whenever whenever I was approached, it was just a no. I, I, I didn't entertain it. I it was a stern no. No thank you. Um, I did not want to. And it was just me being a protective parent. Um, I'm not perfect, I'm not the best father, not the best parent. That was my decision. I didn't wanna put my kids, I I just don't think the risk. And um, in my personal opinion, it is not blowing this opportunity because if a child, if a person, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. So uh, turning down an opportunity at six years old, if if they were going to have a lifetime of success, whether it's at 6, 16, 26, it can happen. Um, so I I preferred them to be kids and live like kids, not not hope that, oh, maybe they'll get in this commercial or anything like that. No. I, was, I, I, I wanted them to have a grounded life. And once again, it's every parent's choice. That is me. Um, I'm not... going to bash anybody who makes that decision uh, because you can still put your child in in that situation and and still keep them grounded it's not as easy but it it's possible um for me i just chose to nip it in the butt and not even uh even entertain it um and and it's not to say i'm not sitting here and saying my my children aren't going to be in all these commercials i just didn't open up the possibility of that opportunity that's all I'm saying. And um, you know, that's just the way I am as a parent. And um, especially when you're talking about that family and the brand that's created and, and things like that. You know, kids, when they're teenagers, they want piercings, they want tattoos. And piercings is one thing a hole can close up. Tattoos, I would never, ever, ever sign off on my minor children getting a tattoo especially a boy cuz boys take forever to mature so getting a tattoo for a boy at 16 or 17 when they're when they're 20 you know 26 27 28 they that, that tattoo they're going to be like what was I thinking and I'm a male I can speak and I, I had plenty of friends going up I, and men mature a lot it, it it takes them a lot longer to mature and uh as far as the uh, this family from a young age it's it's almost like pushed to okay what can you do to better your <laughs> appearance I mean uh, I think Kylie Jenner when she was sixteen or seventeen she was allowed to get lip fillers and I don't understand why why when people get work done they don't admit it when it's so obvious right? And sometimes it can be subtle and people don't notice, but when it's obvious, it's obvious. To deny it or what they did was even worse um, because they said, uh, I think it was no, she was using a, I think a glass sucking technique where you put a glass over your lips and you suck and it, and it uh, artificially kind of swells s- s- up your lips a little bit. And the thing about it is people on this platform there are so many sheep out there that, oh, this person, and that's why I hate the term influencers, but there's sheep who follow them and they will go ahead and do it. And many people wound up getting bruising and things like that because, hey, it was told you do this and you can get my lips. Now, everybody knows it was an injection, but because people look at them and they take them for their word, uh, they do it. And it's, it's, de- it, it's detrimental. Um. Uh, a lot of people you know, had marks and uh, that bruising and that's the impact they have. So um, once again, this is not something I am a proponent of. Um, and like I've said before, this show is just my opinion. And I'm not here to Call out anybody and say they're wrong and things like that. I'm speaking for my own personal opinion. I would not do it. If they want to do it, it's their life. It's a free country. You can do it. This is my opinion. People can agree with it or not. Um, I respect others' opinions, uh, but when it comes to my own, I'm not going to back down on it uh, because you know, that's just giving in to mobs, and which is a whole other subject. And there's nothing wrong with people with differing opinions having a healthy debate. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Sometimes people can get on, uh, you know, on the same plane and sometimes no, they'll just agree to disagree. So once again, this is my opinion. Uh, this is not a show about how to parent properly. This is just my opinion, my, my thoughts. Um, and that's it. That's all I'm sharing. And, uh, There'll be plenty of other things that may uh, may incite some annoyance (laughs) with uh, with my opinion, but it is what it is, and um, there's nothing wrong with it. Society needs differing opinions. If you we're not robots, and it's kind of like politics. Um, Whether you're Republican or Democrat, you don't have to just because you're a Democrat. Even though the party line is you should agree with that. Uh, no, you can, you can, uh, you can be a Democrat and and uh, have, s- you can be a pro-choice Democrat or you could you could uh, I'm sorry, a pro-life Democrat or you can be a pro-choice Republican, and I'm just using that topic or that um uh, that as an example where we don't have to believe everything, we don't have to be robots, we can have differing opinions. Unfortunately, with politics, it seems like. Uh, many people don't allow you to like uh, you're in your pigeonhole one way and um and and that's that is a problem with this country we We have to allow everybody to to have their opinions and and things like that and and respect them um as long as they're not hurtful um or damaging to others and sometimes you have to allow people to have ignorance uh and Having different opinions and dialogue is the only thing that can help or alleviate ignorance. Uh, but being insulting or closed-minded or things like that—once again, it just making things divisive. And uh, you know, speaking of politics, the Democratic convention began this week, and uh, this is a a convention for the ages because of our, uh, our friend COVID-19, you're not having all the pomp and circumstance and all the bells and whistles of a typical convention with balloons and music and, uh, people cheering. It's much more subdued, um, a lot of remote speeches and things like that. And, uh, I'm not going to say I've, I've, watch the entire thing because I, I rarely watch conventions from beginning to end um, you know, especially in a year where it's kind of it, it's it's almost like you can just watch it online because it's just remote speeches and things like that it's you can catch up it just you don't have the same emotion or feeling so uh, this convention I didn't watch all of um I saw parts of it and when the Republican uh, convention takes place, it'll be the same thing. Uh, I will I will uh, watch some of it, not all of it. Um, and as far as the, the Democratic convention, um, it's mostly what I, I expected. Um, the people who spoke were, were the ones you expected to speak, and um, most of it was was Trump is this, Trump is that, Trump is ruining this country and uh and uh Biden he did this, he did this, he did that. He's going to do this, he's going to do that. We have faith in him. Uh it, it's a typical um a typical convention. And when the Republican convention takes place, you're going to you're going to have some of the same thing. You're going to have uh um people bashing Biden and um and whether and and the platform and that that uh, they're coming with and um to, it's both conventions are gonna be the exact same way so uh a lot of the speeches and the um the coverage is is exactly what you expect it's it's a convention it's it's for the democratic candidate so this is what you expect it's it's the purpose of it um I don't think these these conventions really change people's opinions. I I think more debates and uh, reading does that. Uh, This is just kind of formalities to have the official nominations and and kind of uh, pump up the party. That's that's what uh, a lot of you use it for and and springboard into their campaign. Um, Like I said, a lot of Trump bashing and uh, Joe Biden. Uh, he has he has a long history in government, so there's a obviously it's only going to highlight the positive things, the the things that are a little more controversial or um, a stance that maybe has changed over time. It will be ignored or brushed over, and um, and what he hopes to accomplish is. What will be, um, will be, kind of put on the spotlight and trying to, trying to cater to a lot of the progressives that are in there. So there's more about climate, um, uh, as far as healthcare and education. That's always a more difficult uh, topic uh, because rarely can you actually uh when you get an office uh follow through it just just the way politics is um the tax plan of increasing corporate tax um more income tax on the wealthy uh, these are typical um uh points for the democratic party so uh not a lot of surprise there uh the so the the convention itself is probably going to give him a little bit of a boost um, and it's really up to him whether he maintains it or not now the problem with Joe Biden is he gets himself in trouble when he when he does interviews and things like that um, sometimes he I don't really want to say he gets baited. Sometimes it's not; it's just a, a basic question that he will either make a mockery of or have a, you might say a tongue-in-cheek, but a unpolished response that gets him in trouble. So those are situations he has to avoid. Um, but basically... The last couple of months it's it's him getting himself in trouble with things he said and um then comes the question his age he, he's you know he's up there in age he's i believe 77 years old so uh the age and the maybe the filter that starts disappearing when you get up there in age and um and it will it could it could pose a problem for him now Of course, you'll be prepared and research and practice and things like that. But you never know. Um, You never know how you're going to perform because you don't really know all the questions or lines of questions. And sometimes they have these agreements that this is can be asked. This topic is off limits. Uh, But when on the campaign trail, when and if the polls are showing a tight race, he's going to have to open up to more interviews and um, probably won't go on Fox news because uh, he, he can probably get himself in trouble with some of the answers because they will definitely bait him there. And uh, probably it's another good reason that Kamala Harris is his running mate because I believe she's a much better speaker. Obviously she's much younger. Um, she can relate to the minorities and I think it'll be, tougher to trip her up when she's speaking on interviews and things like that. I think she can speak off the cuff, um, without creating controversy, uh, like, um, like Joe Biden has kind of put himself, um, I think for Kamala Harris, the, her biggest challenge will, will try, will to maintain, um, kind of the consensus of the platform. Cause obviously she, when she ran for the party nomination, um, she and Joe Biden didn't see eye to eye. So now being the running mate, you, you're not going to agree with everything, but you have to, you have to be on the same page mostly. So, um, that's probably the only place where she's going to have to kind of watch herself because she doesn't want to contradict or go against, uh, because then it can, it can put the, their campaign in trouble. But as far as speaking, speaking to the public, interviews, um, she can come off very tough, and she can come come off very human. So um, I think for him, it's a it's it was you know she's definitely a good choice as far as uh, as far as in public um, and presence and things like that. So um, I think she'll she'll be able to balance some. Uh, Kind of some of the things that he may, may be lacking. So, when you pick a when you when you pick a running mate, you don't necessarily want somebody who has the same strengths as you. You're probably better off uh, finding somebody whose strengths are your weaknesses to create that balance. And uh, that's probably what he has right now. So, it's definitely a much better ticket if it would have been him and Elizabeth Warren. Um, I think that would have probably been the worst choice, and not because El- Elizabeth Warren is a a woman, but she is she is also up there in age, uh, probably much too progressive, um, and doesn't necessarily have the filter. And we'll get into sparring battles with Donald Trump, so um, you probably want somebody a little more articulate and. And not kind of going for the fight, but but being able to speak and, and reson, get, getting their, you know, having their their points resonate with with people. Um, so I think he did well with her, and you know, she gave her speech uh, today. And um, if I remember correctly, she didn't really go after Donald Trump as much as other people did. Um, I mean, how how much can you go to that well? Uh, you, that, that cannot be your your major point. Um, you you also have to kind of sell yourself, sell uh, what you believe in. Um, so I think she she did a good job at conveying that. Um, now I, I think it was the first night Michelle Obama spoke, and, um, and tonight was actually Barack Obama who spoke and. They probably attacked Donald Trump more than anybody else, but um, Michelle Obama spoke, and <sighs> I'm actually wondering if they should have flipped and had, uh, and had Barack Obama speak on, on Monday and Michelle Obama speak today. And because uh, Michelle Obama, she's, she, she is a great speaker. Now, for those who say that oh, she should have run for president or been a vice president, just because you're a great speaker doesn't mean you're a great politician. She is definitely a, a great speaker. She's very eloquent. She's, she's very articulate. Um, she, she doesn't come across as high and mighty at all. She's very relatable, um, very personable. And uh, so having her speak and kind of set the tone, um, I think it got their convention off probably on the, on the right start. Uh, anytime you can get um, Michelle Obama uh, to speak on your behalf, uh, she does have a... Now, one of the things, she, since she's not a politician, her, I guess, Q rating or her uh, how people perceive her is much higher because she's been a political spotlight without being a politician. Um, so that really helps. So when, when she's able to kind of not be looked at as a politician, but being in that light uh, and being able to speak the way she does... Um, a lot of people could gravitate towards her. So anytime you can get her to speak on your behalf, uh, it, it's definitely in the plus column. Uh, another person who spoke was the famous congresswoman from New York, AOC. The very progressive, very, you know, I do like her. Um, she doesn't back down from anybody. She doesn't let her inexperience or her youth uh, be manipulated or be bullied. Um, I think one of the things that her youth is a lack of flexibility. And of course using, the president of the United States using Twitter and social media just drives me nuts. Uh, so she she's in that in in that uh, generation that's really about social media and things like that. So that um, responding and putting things out on social media, I don't agree with, but um, she's she's definitely a a person to be reckoned with. Uh, I don't think her views are kind of un, are consistent with the entire parties, but it doesn't have to be uh sometimes you you need those extremists to to kind of broaden a platform so uh one of the things that happened was she she nominated Bernie Sanders for president of the United States so what happens it's a headline grab um and the thing about it is I it's something I wasn't familiar with and I read it and it's kind of Surprised, and I thought she was endorsing. Um, but what it is is it's kind of ceremonial or tradition, uh, that, that probably not everybody understands. But when somebody has enough delegates, which they received enough, uh, e- enough votes during the primaries to actually become to, to, to be considered non- um, not. Uh, I forget what it was. It was like some kind of minimum uh, to be considered for the nomination. It's kind of ceremonial to have somebody do the nomination. And she was a big supporter of Bernie Sanders, so she was the one chosen. And she did this, and it became a headline grab. Of course, what are the different news agencies, oh, AOC, um, nominates Bernie Sanders. And what does that say? Okay, there's division in the party and things like that. Uh, now it's just clickbait. That's all it is. And, uh, even though I may not agree with her, all the things she, she said, then I think she did the right thing to kind of defend herself. I, but once again, with the whole Twitter thing and all that, and don't, don't satisfy the clickbait with, with responses that, are in the same mold as those you don't like. I would have preferred her saying, "Look, this was a ceremony." It's explaining the situation instead of, instead of going after. Oh, um, these these news agencies are trying to divide us and things like that. Where it's just clickbait. It's, it doesn't matter if it was her, it, if it was a Republican. They these news agencies they put these headlines. Um, somebody writes a story, somebody else puts a headline and the person who does the headline, they put the headline so people can read it. That's really all it was. Um, so it would have preferred her in her remarks to kind of just explain the situation, um, without, without kind of going into, uh, people trying to divide us and all that when it's just the way the media works. It's, it's, it was like that before she she became a politician. It's going to be like that after. So if you're going to snap, just snap with the facts and let people decide for themselves. And when they read the articles, it's it, what it is. So, um, so it was it was much to do about nothing. Uh, but now it's it's, uh, it's time for them to hit the road campaign. Um, Donald Trump will have his convention and we'll see how that one goes. I'm sure it's, <laughs> it's not going to be as uh, classy. Um, yeah, after four years, I thought, I would think somebody we, he trusts will be in his ear to kind of push back on some of the rhetoric, but, um, that's why you can't surround yourself with yes men or yes women. Uh, you need people who will stand up to you. Um, one problem is he'll fire them. <laughs> so, uh, but he's his own worst enemy. And uh, once his convention gets started, and both uh, candidates go on the campaign trail, and uh, the debates are probably the thing I'll be looking forward to the most, and and watch um, with uh, most of my attention. And uh, we'll see where we go from there. I'm sure it's going to be negative and dirty, but that's politics for you. And uh, so. Going into the, another campaign, the NBA playoffs, they have begun in the bubble. Um, time for a chug of water first. I should add some like um, water break music, <laughs> so not have uh, either silence or listening to me chugging the water, but either way. So the NBA playoffs uh, have begun. Uh, the whole NBA in the bubble, I was very skeptical when the concept first came out. Um, but to be honest, I think the product they created, the atmosphere they created was pretty good. Uh, not having fans and things like I think. I think watching it on TV as as a fan at home watching, um, the experience itself I don't think changes much. I mean, I actually kind of like, since the players are all a little more spread out, they have a lot more room. They're able to kind of venture up and down and, and be a little more, I guess, seen. Uh, they're able to... When they get up, they're not like squeezed together to to cheer for a good play. They're able to jump up and scream and wave their arms. They have all this extra room, and the coaches have extra room, and um, the players aren't fighting with the the uh, the first, second row of the ultra wealthy fans who get in the way and don't leave them very very uh, limited amount of space right out of bounds. So um you know, watching on TV I think has been great. The uh the different monitors they've put. Um I think uh being able to listen and actually hearing referees and uh you see in a kind of a lot of the sports, you're able uh without the fans you're actually able to hear a little bit more of what's going on in the field of play. Um so the playoffs have begun and for for most of the um, matchups, they're going as expected. Ironically enough, the, uh, the top seeds in each of the conference are the ones who got off to a, a rough start. The the Los Angeles Lakers lost to uh, the uh, Portland Trail Blazers in the opening game, and the Milwaukee Bucks lost to the Orlando Magic in the opening game. Uh, probably the Milwaukee game was a little more surprising just because I think Portland's a lot better than Orlando. And um, so that that was a little more surprising. Um, Most of the other games pretty much are going as as expected. Uh, It wasn't just the losses, the way both teams lost uh, kind of Creating the 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 uh the noise of, oh they're in trouble, but it's it isn't it's it's only one game they've they've each lost, uh so far. Now if they win the series four to one, it doesn't matter if they lost the first game, second game, third game, fourth game. Uh, four to one is four to one. But of course, losing when you're high when you're when you're favored by so much and you lose that first game and the way each team lost, it um it creates uh, skepticism from people. It's like, oh, they're in trouble. But it's uh, <laughs> there used to be a saying where uh, <laughs> a series it either doesn't start or doesn't get interesting until the road team wins a game. Uh, and the thing about it is, even though technically, you know, the seeds uh, or um, I'm sorry, Milwaukee and Lakers were are the home team. <laughs> They're playing in a neutral place with no fans, so it it really doesn't matter. They're it's all kind of a neutral court. Um, but neither team wanted to get off the rocky start, but it, it's it's no time for panic. Now, if they get if they lose, you know, game two, then it starts to to kind of creep in, um, you know, where they just might lose it. Uh, and, and for both teams. Each team has a player that still has their critics. For the Lakers, it's Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis did what he could because he used to be with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, And during his time there, he's had a losing record. I think only one playoff appearance and hasn't won a playoff series. So even though Anthony Davis is a great player, is he a winning player or is he a great player who'll never, never be able to lead a team Uh, for the Lakers? They have LeBron James, which to me is still the greatest player in the world, but he's also 36 years old. And uh, Anthony Davis was brought there to be that, that either second or, you know, one a player. But can, can he, take the bull by a horns and, and be that leader and lead a team to uh, you know championship-level season. So the jury's still out on him on whether he can do it just because the track record isn't there. And as far as Milwaukee, uh, Giannis, who's probably one of the most physically gifted uh, players out there and um, uh, reigning MVP, um, he can do so much on the court, except, shoot, oh, he has the ugliest shot. Out there, uh, I thought the the Ball brothers had ugly shots, but his shot is ugly, um, and he's still young. There, there's still so much time for him to work on it and and become a a respectable weapon in his arsenal. Uh, right now, he's really um, a driver you know, around the rim, a rebounder, a ball handler. Um, uh, he's he's gonna sc- he's mostly gonna score from 15 feet in, and he's great at that. Uh, he's great at getting inside. He's for his size. I mean, not even for his size. I mean, he he's a very tall man, but he's able to to ball handle like he's a guard. And uh, because of his height, he's able to get in deep and and uh, and get up the shots at the rim. They didn't fall for him uh, in game one, but uh, the question is out there about him. Um, you know, he he'll be, he has one more year, and then he'll be a free agent. He talks about. When it's Milwaukee, but let's be honest, Milwaukee is not—it's not a free agent hotbed. People leave Milwaukee; they don't go to Milwaukee. When I say people, I'm talking stars. Stars don't go to Milwaukee. Stars leave Milwaukee. Um, does he ha- Can he lead this team? He, there is no one A or solid B player on this team, and they have some good pieces. Um, Chris Middleton might be their best second option, but. He's he's not uh, you know leading any All Star votes. <laughs> um, so can Giannis? Can he do it? Can he lead this team? Uh, last year it fell to Toronto, and here they were the number one seed last year. Now if he if he doesn't get to the finals this year, there's going to be quite some questions. Now if he loses the first round, there's going to be a lot of questions about him. And I think if it might push him to leave there because. He's not going to get the help. They're not. They're not going to draft high enough to get him the help. And no free agent is going to want to go to Milwaukee. I mean, come on. Who wants to go? What young basketball player, when there's so many markets there out there that they can play and and live a, a life uh, that's not you know, um, ten, fifteen degrees in the winter, <laughs> even colder with wind chill. So you know, Milwaukee is not a draw. And um, We'll see what he does. We'll see how, how, he, uh, how he bounces back. Now, great players have had bad games, so it's nothing new. Um, LeBron James, he's had historically bad games. Uh, his first finals appearance with the Miami Heat against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, he'll tell you, he, he didn't play um, up to his abilities. Uh, after that series, that, that, that might have been the best thing for him because since then, I think he's been a completely different player. Um, so, uh, I think when the Lakers championships, Kobe Bryant had a horrible game. Uh, Metta World Peace I think bailed him out to win one once the uh, championship series. So great players have bad games. It's how you bounce back and and um, you know, what do you do after? So we'll see. And as far as um, the Lakers series. Damian Lillard, great player, can completely take control of a game. Uh, They call it Dame Dame time. (laughs) Now, he finished the season with incredible performances, scoring performances. Um, He's a shoot-first point guard. Um, He can pass. Uh, He's he's not the facilitator LeBron is or other point guards, but he can take control of a game. And he can he won he can win that game he he was the reason they won game one but I mean the, Lillard is he's not because he can be so streaky to be able to have those performances because he, he's really a jump shooter um uh, there's of course there's the the um, oh the competition of who's a better shooter him or steph curry and he wants to be the better shooter so i mean he launches from anywhere sometimes he'll make these d3s but i mean they're really bad shots but when they go in they're a great shot <laughs> shots shots are great when they go in if you miss they're a bad shot um but can, can he can do it for a game um can you do it for a series possibly can you do it for a whole playoff run no he he is not that dominant of a player. He's a great scorer. Um, you kind of look at him like kind of like the same way you looked at Allen Iverson. Uh, I think I think Lillard is, is actually a a much better all around player than Allen Iverson was. And uh, Allen Iverson never won a championship. So Lillard he can take over a game, take over a series, but a whole player front uh, that, that then. They need a lot more help. So, but the Lakers, the Lakers, they they can't give him space. They need to pressure him and pressure him and pressure him. Not don't don't give them good looks. The thing about Portland is, you know, they have some talent. Um, they have some big men, which defensively I think helped against the Lakers. Um, so they do have an interior presence, but they don't have a multitude of superstars or stars. Um, they win or lose with Lillard. So he he, he can upset the Lakers. Um, might not, not make it to the next round, but uh, Lakers, you know, they better not just take the attitude, okay, he had a great game. He won't do it again. Because he'll light him up again. So the Lakers better not take it for granted. And uh, see see what they can do better. But Lillard, he, he's exciting to watch. I'll tell you that. Um, because he plays in Portland. Uh, 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 in Portland. Uh, right now, the problem with Portland is he plays in Portland. So he doesn't get uh, a lot of uh, press. Unfortunately, Portland's getting a lot of press for the wrong reasons now. Um and getting, and he's not getting enough press from uh, playing in Portland, but uh, that's beside the point uh, if you're if you like basketball, you can't help but the like uh, the way he plays. Um, I'm not a huge fan of today's basketball. Uh, I'm kind of with Greg Popovich and kind of missing the old ways. I think uh, and now it's just who makes the most threes when this the game. Uh, it can be kind of boring. Uh, sometimes, when each team is launching 40, 45, 50 three pointers, um, uh, I, I missed uh, a yeah, mid jumper, uh, 15, 16, 17 foot jumper. Uh, but it's all about value and analytics. So that's why, I, and that's actually one of the problems with the Lakers, they don't have great shooters. And that's probably one of their downfalls. They probably, when they built that team, they should have added more shooters. I think they have only one really solid shooter. Um, the rest, they can get on streaks, but you don't have any, any reliable shooters game in and game out like most other teams have. Uh, we'll see how game two goes for both these teams. And um, the playoffs just started, so it's going to be exciting. Um, we'll see who wins and we'll see how the bubble and lack of fans um, uh, home court means nothing in these playoffs, that's for sure so um, I'm sure the ratings will be great and uh, hopefully the competition will be as well and with that, I will end this podcast if you have any comments or topics you'd like uh, for me to discuss feel free to send me an email at diggingforsomething at AOL.com digging the number four, something, at AOL.com. I thank you for listening to this episode of Digging for Something. I am JJ, and I will see you when I see ya.